welcome to another episode of Consumer, the European podcast of the Consumer Choice Center. As always, I'm your host, Bill Words, with Billy Joel's pressure fading out in the background. Uh, this is episode 87 on September 8, 2022. My guest this week is Martin Panek. He's the director of Liberani Institute in the Czech Republic. We're talking about the recent protest that saw some 70,000 people in Prague march against NATO and the EU. What's that all about? You'll hear all of that later in the episode. Also in this episode, Liz Truss is the new Prime Minister of the UK and Politico fact-checked the claim that global veganism would be good for the planet. So let's get started. Liz Truss, officially since Tuesday, is the new Prime Minister of the UK, succeeding Boris Johnson. And uh, yeah, sounding very official in her first remarks as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. We now face severe global headwinds caused by Russia's appalling war in Ukraine and the aftermath of COVID. Now is the time to tackle the issues that are holding Britain back. We need to build roads, homes and broadband faster. We need more investment and great jobs in every town and city across our country. We need to reduce the burden on families and help people get on in life. Sounding very stateswoman-like here, but uh, well, compared to a few years ago, uh, that's been quite an upgrade. We import nine-tenths of all of our pears. We import two-thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. From the apples that dropped on Isaac Newton's head to the orchards of nursery rhymes, this fruit has always been part of Britain. It's been part of our country. I want our children to grow up knowing the taste of a British apple, of Cornish sardines, of Herefordshire pears, of Norfolk turkey, of Melton Mowbray pork pies, and of course, of black pudding. Yeah. Bit confusing about all the things apples and cheeses and black puddings and all that stuff that Liz Truss seems to be joining on there. She was also a secretary of trade and uh, was very good on that point, trying to develop new free trade agreements between the UK and uh, partners across, um, across the world. Since the UK has left the European Union, of course, trade is an individual uh, responsibility for the UK and uh, uh, Liz Truss was definitely pushing for as many trade deals as possible. Um, some of them, of course, more or less in line with what the EU already has, so we would have to go into detail on those things. Um, but yes, she 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 doesn't necessarily give off a, a negative vibes here, um, especially because of her um, uh, points on lifestyle regulation. She vows to hold the nanny state ban on uh, buy one get one free deals, for instance. So that's uh, actually been banned in the UK. Uh, that you have, for instance, a buy one get one free uh, pizza deal in in a supermarket. So that sort of thing. She seems to be good on. She vowed in August to not increase uh, or um, even raise uh, new taxes on food that's high in fat, salt, or sugar. But of course, that we've already heard from Boris Johnson and we didn't see much of movement there. The whole nanny state approach started under David Cameron and that continued under Theresa May. Uh, and it's been an unfortunate uh, move in, in the UK, but it's, it's, it's differentiated because you have vaping, for instance, which is treated much more... Um, adult-like in the UK, let's say, and that other things, uh, uh, they're trying to ban junk food ads in, in metro stations, which very regressive, doesn't really do anything, um, and it's sort of very performative action there. 
Uh, we'll see how List Trust will actually perform. Uh, I, I know that when we talked to Tom Spencer on the podcast about her promises and how fundable those will be under under the budgetary rules and how much actually she wants to get done in that short amount of time between now and the next general election. Let's see how it goes. We'll definitely keep an open mind on List Trust, but uh, yeah, carefully, uh, carefully observing how this is going to go. In other news then, Politico had an interesting uh, segment of their agri-newsletter where they looked at veganism and they sort of fact-checked the arguments by a Polish member of the European Parliament, Sylvia Spurek, who uh, spoke at a conference, um, who will actually be organizing, sorry, a conference in September, um, so this month, where they, where she says that worldwide veganism is the only option if we want any positive scenario for the future to come true. The main speaker at the conference is Dr. Peter Carter, the author of the statement that global veganization is an imperative for human survival. And stopping 100% of, of animal agriculture is the only way to meet the emission reduction targets, as well as the targets of the biodiversity strategy. That is the MEP talking to a colleague at Politico. Animal agriculture, he says, is presumably the most significant political problem in the 21st century. And then Politico does do a fact check on Spurek's claims, saying that it's actually 100% wrong. Uh, none of the IPCC reports have advocated for this. Now, while they do say that there is obviously a carbon dioxide emissions uh, uh, coming from animal agriculture, it's between 1 and 16% of current emissions that could be reduced by reducing meat and dairy consumption. Um, and for many poorer societies, alternative to animal protein is not easy to find. That is why the EU has avoided policy that encourages citizens to cut meat eating because it fears a political uh, backlash as well. Um, and so overall, the Politico here says that the argument on veganism they might come from an animal uh, welfare perspective or a health perspective, even though I think a lot of the people in the audience, you know, whose diets might include, I mean, only meat is also a thing and, and, and also just a healthy diversity of different products uh, would probably disagree. But I mean, Politico here says animal welfare and health would be an argument, but certainly not 100% uh, veganism for a, from, for a climate uh, argument. Um, wouldn't even get as close to the reduction targets at all. And, uh, well, it's probably it's probably one of those things where a politician tries to be extravagantly um, aggressive with the proposals they put forward without actually putting the numbers behind. So go to Politico to actually fact-check that because we have so much now arguments that, you know, uh, certain canteens should only offer vegetarian options if it's school canteens and so on. There was also, I read this recently, um, there was a, a, somewhere in Germany, there was a, a school, a high school that offered uh, only vegetarian options unless parents opted out and so, sort of asked that their, ch that their children would have to have the, the access to meat. Uh, and about 94% of uh, parents did opt in for meat, um, meat options specifically. So very interesting how the dynamics go when people are actually given the choice. 
But now let's move to the interview of the week. We have Martin Panek, director of the Liberal Institute in the Czech Republic. He's been on the podcast before. We're talking about the recent protests in uh, Prague. 70,000 people, roughly 70,000 people uh, demonstrating, protesting against NATO, the EU, but also energy prices in the country. So we asked him what that's all about. All right, Martin. So thank you so much for being back on the Consumer Podcast. We needed to have you back on because there's something that we don't quite understand about the Czech Republic here. There was a big protest a couple of days ago, 70,000, roughly 70,000 people in the street in Prague protesting the government. Um, a mixture of different things they are against. So, uh, And including one of them is the government's response to the crisis in Ukraine, where these protesters believe that the government is taking the wrong action. So tell us a bit about what this protest was all about. Indeed. Hi, Bill and all the listeners. Uh, thanks for having me again. Right, so the uh, the Wenceslas Square, if anybody is familiar with it, was totally full with uh, this protest. So uh, it's reasonable that these were tens of thousands of people. Uh, it was quite big and... Um, yeah, uh, it's a it's a mixture of very <laughs> weird uh, characters, uh, hard hardline communists, uh, hardline right wingers. So new developments in horseshoe theory, and um, uh, it, it's likely that not everybody who was at the protest is uh, either a hardline communist or a hard right right-winger, but they're upset about inflation or something. Uh, but the most of the speakers on the platform were a, a bunch of deplorables to, to channel my inner Hillary Clinton. And uh, the, you know, stated demands are not very, you know, uh, palatable, I would say, including uh, one of the demands is stop diluting the Czech nation with Ukrainian uh, population. So... <laughs> Uh, not not a uh, not wow. a bunch of very friendly people, I would say. Yeah, and and I mean, like, because especially in the early days of the war, uh, and I think still today, I mean, the, the the immediate neighboring countries and Czech Republic doesn't have a border with Ukraine, but it's definitely in the vicinity. Uh, very open towards uh, Ukrainian refugees, at least it seems so from the outside. So you would you would say these people are definitely on the on the fringes, because I mean, a fringe group. In, in Europe usually has a tough time getting 70,000 people on the street in the capital. So is this, did they trick people? Did they say this is all about energy price and they mixed it up with a lot of other messaging? What's your what's your feeling here? Or is this country going in a different direction? What's what's going on? I mean, I, I still hope that the uh, majority of, of Czechs are welcoming of the Ukrainian refugees. And honestly, if I didn't know there, there was any uh, migration wave, I, I don't know how I would be able to actually spot it. There, is, there are more uh, Ukrainian cars on the streets, but other than that, I, I didn't notice any notice any you know shortages in the shops or whatnot. So I don't know. I don't know how much the <laughs> the Czech nation is actually visibly diluted. And of course, the, this this uh, they want price cap on energy or whatever they said. Uh, I'm trying to find it. They said that they want uh, some amount of energy for free for every household. And they also said we need, ah, I, I found it, three megawatt hours of electric energy for free for every household. Um, 
That's what they want. They also said that they want, you know, energy self-sufficiency, but also buy natural gas from Russia. And um, the thing is, the uh, party of the previous prime minister of Andrei Babiš is not endorsing these protests uh, directly, but they are. You know, the the messaging is very similar, and they they. Um, uh put the motion of no confidence in the current government on the eve of these protests so it's uh, the the dynamic is uh interesting uh, it's uh, i i hope that it's still a fringe group uh but uh, you know you never know right and 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 diminishing and purchasing power has a tendency to fuel certain groups that mixed with the impression of immigration being uh, uh, problematic that uh, that does have uh, that can have some some political dynamics that, that that do change how palpable is inflation currently in the czech republic i mean if you're for the average consumer going to the supermarket and also your energy bills um, it's quite severe in countries like Germany. It's a bit lower in countries such as France. I know in the Netherlands right now, it's uh, you know we're preparing for energy prices that are maybe even ten times the the the, the ones that they were during the beginning of COVID. Uh, what's it looking like in the Czech Republic? Is it uh, is it as severe? Um, the the energy prices, of course, have gone up for a lot of people, and uh, it's combined with. Uh, I think it was in the uh, in the last winter. Not not sure what month exactly that was. Several several energy companies bankrupted, and the people had to you know find uh, a new uh, company with immediately higher prices. So they were already pissed off. Uh, now it's uh, even worse. So for example, my energy bill go- uh, has gone up. 50% and I complained to the landlady and she said well but I I actually have to pay even more than that and I said okay <laughs> so so may, maybe that's not too bad um so uh, I th- I think this is where the inflation is uh mostly uh visible even though the official inflation rate is much higher than in Germany for for example so uh, our inflation rate in July was seventeen uh, percent or seventeen and a half uh, annual. Even though the numbers with Germany are, I understand, are not comparable because our statistical office uh, counts uh, rents, I think, and the German does not. So we need to compare the Eurostat figures, and with Eurostat figures, I think we're around thirteen percent. So it's 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 I mean it's not the hyperinflation, but it's not low either and uh, so i understand uh, people people are pissed and they're expecting worse for the winter uh, obviously and the government looks to be a bit unprepared i i, I should say uh, to be to be you know um uh, politically uh, more correct uh, and uh, i under- and it it's not I understand it's not a very happy spot for some people to be, uh, but I I hope we can we can keep it uh, uh, more reasonable than uh, than uh, being racist or something. <laughs>
De definitely. So I know some some European countries have resorted to measures such as, uh, uh, you know, France has this, um, it's like a coupon, it's like a one-time payment. Uh, Germany is trying to do the same as well, even though the finance minister just discovered that the German bureaucracy is unable to send more than 100,000 wires out a day, uh, which makes it impossible for the entire country to get paid uh, quicker than 18 months, which is quite incredible. Um, so some countries are doing one-time payments. <clears throat> And uh, trying to resolve the problem that way, of course, in the long term, interestingly, what the protesters claim to be for is the strategic autonomy um, on, on energy levels. But of course, they don't they don't actually support that. How does the Czech Republic currently actually get energy? And what do you think the country could do to improve that? Because, I mean, countries such as Germany has access to the sea. So now you can build LNG terminals and which Germany is doing very quickly now. The Czech Republic does not have the same um, access. So what do you think can be done? Does it need to be collaboration with um, neighboring countries and, you know, connecting, connecting that way? Or is there something that uh, the Czech Republic, in your view, can do? Oh, well, in electricity, we export a little bit. It's not that much, uh, especially if you compare the volumes, because in uh, natural gas, we import everything from Russia. Uh, and the volume is much much larger than the uh, electricity, as far uh, as far as I know. And uh, honestly, I, I I'm not an energy expert, so <laughs> I, I I don't know how to rectify that. The, the The fact that we export electricity is irrelevant on the on the common market. Of course, uh, it's uh, we cannot just say hey, we'll not uh, sell anything to any any other country. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Of course, consumers uh, like uh, us, we can wear a sweater or whatever and somehow probably make it work. But it's uh, a lot more difficult for the industry, right? So so I, I'm not sure I would actually like to, like to uh, get acquainted with uh, how to mitigate this because, because I don't know. It's... Uh, it, seems like it was like it was a bad choice to be so reliant on uh, russian natural gas but this is uh, where we are and uh, i honest i i personally don't know what to do with it it's for uh, people who uh, who know who who do know but uh, um I, I hope we'll not freeze to death. <laughs> but, but, well, uh, I think I think I think we all do. A significant cash injection as for COVID recovery has sort of led to this. Uh, the, these these in I mean, the cash injection by the by the EU and the European Central Bank has sort of led to this uh, this high inflation level that we experienced right now. Um, and now with the winter looking very bleak in terms of like getting the, the supply of energy needed, uh, some countries are resorting to uh, reactivating or half-phased out nuclear plants. Uh, Germany seems to come around to this idea. France is doing the same while also building new nuclear plants. Um, overall, are you, are you pessimistic or optimistic for, for the winter there, including with the political repercussions of that? Because some fabrics... Of society, of course, very um, uh, interested by more radical changes, radical ideas. Um, with this protest now having happened recently, do you think there will be a follow-up to that? Do you think that the the economic problems of the Czech Republic could influence the country's politics in the long run? Um, so the next uh, protest is scheduled for the twenty eighth of September, which is a public holiday, and it's the uh, day of 
what's the that's the name uh, i think czech statehood or whatever uh, that's called in english independence day no 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 it, it's, it's called then then czech statehood the day of czech statehood yeah uh, he, it's the saint uh, Václav wenceslas and uh, that's his right. uh, that's his uh, public holiday it's a new newish holiday actually it didn't exist when i went to uh, elementary school uh, <laughs> but it's been on the books uh, for 20 years now or something um yeah so so they will have a new uh, a, a new protest on this on this day and the interesting thing is that uh, there's an uh, election coming up which is on the 23rd and at, at the 24th it's um, one third of the senate and all the city mm, councils let's say the cities are i think not that important politically the senate uh, the one third of the senate is uh, is more relevant and we have an a presidential election coming up in january where i thought andrei babic was the biggest favorite even before these protests uh, so i th i think his chances are only going to uh, go up luckily uh, the president uh, at least traditionally has not been very powerful and i don't think babic could do a worse job than the current uh, president uh, miloš zeman who also is known as the jabba hut of european politics jabba the hut but uh, Uh, I think he's going to win, uh, Babish, unless he can somehow bring down the government and actually uh, cause a new election and run for prime minister. I, th I think he he's uh, going to win, but mm, we'll we'll see. Uh, so far, the political situation is kind of stable because we had a we had a house election last year, and the current government has a clear majority in the house, uh, but uh, but. Um, maybe Babish can uh, can persuade a lot, uh, enough MPs to actually join him and and take the government down. Uh, well, let's see, and uh, it might be it might be very uh, you know appealing for some of the ME, uh, for some of the MPs to actually uh, switch sides. Uh, so uh, let's see. Yeah, it seems that Slovakia's worst export uh, uh, does seem to have a foot in the door to return to uh, the main stage, unfortunately, um, because, uh, well, under his government, the best policy po policies were definitely not uh, being implemented. Yeah, well, he, he runs a perennial campaign, which is getting more and more ridiculous. Now he only posts one-liners on Facebook, and it's just uh, weird and... Uh Yeah, but his his popularity you know, is not uh, you know uh, vanishing. So the man's also getting. I mean, how old is he now anyway? I mean, he should be in his early seventies. No, 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 no. At he, least I think he's sixty-ish. Let's see. <laughs> Finding out. I mean, he's he's younger than Miller Zeman and probably drinks uh, a bit everybody's less. Everybody's younger than Miller Zeman. Except for Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden, I think is older, <laughs> but more uh, more alive than uh, Miller Zeman. So Babish is was born in fifty four. So fifty four. Okay. So he's not even in the seventies yet. Oh my god! You're gonna keep this guy for a while, eh? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, well, um, he's also being criminally prosecuted. So. 
well that's been going on for what like 15 years now i mean you guys will never finish that one up i mean he, he keeps be he was prime minister so he couldn't be prosecuted and he like he was trying to stay prime minister as long as possible as president he also probably won't be able to be prosecuted right uh, it's gotten into a new phase now he's now been officially indicted so uh there's there are court dates and stuff so it, it's uh, after like uh, six years it's gotten into a new era Wow, okay, well then we'll have to check back in with you in 2050 when he finally goes to jail. Um, uh, If he's president, he's of course immune from uh, prosecution and uh, uh, maybe can give himself a pardon. Uh, (laughs) Wow. I mean, that, 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 would, that would be a new one in European politics, I, I would think. Martin, that's as much time as we have for today. Thank you so much for joining the Consumer Podcast. Um, we'll have you back, especially around those election uh, uh, times when we'll be looking into uh, the big presidential race, especially. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that concludes this week's episode of Consumer. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow Martin Panek on Twitter at mmister and, of course, follow the Consumer Choice Center as well at Consumer Choice C. As always, I'm your host, Bill Words. See you Thursday. You have-